Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ubisoft is canned a big sequel and the boys are back from Japan. This is VGC, a video game podcast with me, Jordan Midler, Chris Gullion and Andy Robinson. Now boys, what time did we get up at this morning? Chris, you tell me. Oh, ohayo gozaimasu, Jordan-san. Ohi sashibari desu. Oh, genki desu ka? <laughs> oh, he's Oh, so I'm trying to get this, this Japanese out my out my system. Um, okay, I'm, I'm up and down all over the bloody clock now. Just uh, I've, I've, Technically, the, the, the jet lag's done now but i'm just shattered permanently anyway so it's hard to tell what's from japan and what's just normal fair andy <laughs> i've i've mastered jet lag mate i am the master of my own time universe yeah i think it, it did us a favor because basically it's all about what time you land right i've been mm-hmm. horrifically jet lagged for like 15 years of traveling um and it's 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 taken me until now to be really annoyed to discover that it was just because I was getting on the plane at the wrong time of day. Yeah. Like um, when I went to Summer Game Fest um, uh, a couple of months ago, I had to get the latest flight they did because I, I was coming from from Prague for the for the football. And it was like, oh, wow, it turns out if you land at half past eight, have a beer and go to bed, you wake up at 8 a.m. Um, <laughs> rather than landing at two in the afternoon and having to like struggle. It was like as if you've been left in a desert, you know, by some by some thieves. Like crawling your way to to eight pm when you can get four hours sleep and wake up at midnight anyway uh, and stare at Twitter for six hours and do it all over again. No, like it was the same with Japan. I always go first thing in the morning, um, which I did earlier this year. Super jet lags, and then this one, our flight got cancelled, and we went at one pm. And oh, it turns out if you land later in the day, it's fine. It was, anyway, it was that's my it was, story it was full on drama i was like following it on my phone when you were like mate it's, it's all gone wrong i was like i'm gonna let i'm gonna get a text with him let, being don't, like I'm, I'm let's not, don't 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 let's open not get the started because this podcast will be twi- this podcast will be twice as long we, we don't want this everyone in my life has had to hear this story i was telling it to my barber yesterday <laughs> <laughs> but like considering i, I, I was you know andy were basically joined at the hip for 10 days like every time we were meeting new people andy was like wait to hear this oh for fuck <laughs> <laughs> When you went and got scanned by Kojima, the scan got fucked up because you just wouldn't <laughs> stop talking about British Airways. I look forward to seeing you in Death Stranding too. Um, yeah, s- speaking of a sequel we won't be getting, let's do some headlines. This is a VGC scoop. Ubisoft has cancelled its Immortals Phoenix Rising sequel. That's according to multiple development sources who told VGC anonymously that the follow-up game was an early development at Ubisoft Quebec, but the company leadership ultimately decided to cancel it early this month due to perceived challenges around establishing the ip now uh we have a response from ubisoft which says it's reallocating some creative teams and resources within the quebec studio quote as part of our global strategy we are redirecting reallocating some creative terms and teams and resources within quebec studio to other unannounced projects now thankfully we have the man himself andy robinson on the show this week tell us more about this andy um well i do have more to tell about this actually not on purpose but by coincidence (laughs) um so they yeah they they sent me this statement saying essentially confirming the story um because ubisoft have got so many studios in so many territories that usually when something happens and you get a tip it's very easy to verify um because everyone knows um, so, uh, since they kind of sent me this statement confirming that the sequel essentially has been cancelled, which I was told was in, it was like kind of like first playable okay. stage. Uh, I think Jeff, Jeff Grubb from Giant Bomb had like a bunch of details last year, um, about that it was based on like Hawaiian mythology and mm. he had a code name and stuff, but yeah, so the, the the story that I've I've reported is that it's been cancelled earlier this month. Um, it doesn't come as a big surprise to anyone following the company because they're, you know, they've had a, you know some bad financial results in the last year. They're they're obviously 
they're, they're very much in transition after the, the scandals uh, which caused um, you know a large portion of their senior employees to leave you know including ones who weren't affected you know it's understandable that a lot of people didn't want to stick around and they're in the situation now where they don't have a you know like the other big publishers a a FIFA ultimate team or a GTA online that just pays the bills while they have slow years like they need to release stuff they don't have a big you know, a live service game. I mean, the closest thing they've got is, is um, <clears throat> uh, Rainbow Six, but it's that's of a completely different scale. So they're, they're, it's not a surprise, really. They're cancelling these games because they're focusing all in on all of their biggest stuff. Um, I mean, Immortals, Phoenix Rising, I know we didn't like it. Um, Two stars on VGC, famously. Yeah, in- indeed. Who gave it that? Um, <laughs> so, but but gen- generally, it was well-received. Um it, it, I'm told that it sold okay, um, but in context, it sold something like I believe it was thirty percent of what um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla did, mm. and a lot of those sales would would have been heavily discounted as well. Um, so yeah, so they released this statement, but basically, essentially confirming the story. Um, and um, I've since been told that uh, Quebec City or, or Quebec Ubisoft Quebec. Um, who are making this game are now, guess what? Working on an Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> um, I, I don't think, I mean, this, this, I've not really looked into this because I wasn't really planning on reporting this, to be honest. Um, so I don't, I, I think it's another unannounced one because I don't think they're attached. Like, this is leading one, not supporting one. Uh-huh. So I think this is yet another Assassin's Creed game. You know, it, it's an Activision scenario where pretty much everyone's working on an Assassin's Creed in the company at the moment because they're doing that that live service thing, Infinity or whatever it's called, where they, they you can access lots of different uh, kind of time periods and games within this portal, which will come out. Um, they've announced something like six Assassin's Creed games, I think. So I believe this is another one that they were already working on in tandem to, you know, early work on this Immortal sequel. And it sounds like, yeah, like a lot of the staff have been pulled off of that and put onto this Assassin's Creed game, although not all of them... I understand want to work on it. Um, the, so there's a bit of, there's a bit of like, you know, bit of strife going on there. Um, but yes, that is, that is the story, which will surprise absolutely nobody. The cynic in me wonders if this is going to be an Assassin's Creed game set in Hawaii and <laughs> just put a lot of stuff over, but we'll see. That's uh, yeah, that's what I was surprised that, um, Immortals Phoenix Rising, formerly Gods and Monsters, as everyone remembers, before Monster Energy Drink. Which, it um, turns out, was a better name. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, there's literally, I googled, um, I googled, I searched VGC for some um, context, some background, our previous reporting on this story, and it's obviously EA have got their own Immortals game coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous, like, the... I think the game got a bit of a bump because it was, I mean, it was released in November or just the start of December 2020. So when the Right in between tackled, two other open world Ubisoft yeah. games. I, I do remember it. I, I'm told that even internally they were like, what the fuck? They, <laughs> yeah. Didn't they release yeah. it right in between Watch Dogs and, and Assassin's, um, Creed. Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Yeah. I, yeah. I even remember at the time how quickly it was discounted because I'd, I'd got it, I'd get sent a copy and I was like, I'm going to get it start this and I didn't, I didn't get around to playing it but even like a couple of weeks in like it was massively discounted and I thought well already <laughs> I've not even broken the seal on it yet and it's like down to like 20 quid already like it, it, the, the price plummeted that on that one so much quicker than most other games released um, during that time frame it was really surprising plummeted as soon as the VGC review came out but yeah <laughs> the, the the idea that, it, that they're moving to Assassin's Creed uh, the current Assassin's Creed slate is Assassin's Creed Mirage, which is out this year and I think looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Nexus VR, which is the, kind of a different thing. Infinity, which is the nebulous live service connecting threads to all of them. Assassin's Codena- Creed Ultimate Team, basically. Uh, uh, Assassin's Creed <laughs> Ultimate Team. <laughs> Apparently, Assassin's Creed Codename Red is is the one that is... This is listed as a Ubisoft, Ubisoft Quebec joint, so... Um, mm. That might be their 2024 one. Oh, so maybe that's the one I'm talking about. I couldn't, I couldn't see if they already announced that they were leading something. Yeah, it's the feudal Japan one um, that might just be a bit Ghost of Tsushima. Watch that come out th- at the same time as Ghost of Tsushima too, and then <laughs> um, Assassin's Creed Codename Hexa, which is the Montreal Studios one. Oh, and Codename Jade. There's there's fifty thousand Assassin's Creeds. I think there's um, there's six. There's six. I think. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cody, oh, there's also fifty thousand give or take six. <laughs> there's also um, Assassin's Creed code and uh, Assassin's Creed Invictus, uh, which is a standalone <laughs> multiplayer That's experience. Prince, Prince Harry's Assassin's <laughs> Creed. It's about rugby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This is this is a strange one. Is Andy is Ubisoft just shitting themselves because things haven't been hitting? Do they do they need no? A, but, but a essentially, yeah. I mean, I've I've pretty much explained it. You know, yeah. they need they need some big hitters. Yeah, um, they don't have that that big giant mega 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 service game to um, keep them going in a quiet year. I mean, you look at two K, right? Two K are in the privileged position where that if they get, the game's not very good, they just won't put it out. I mean, they have years where they just don't really release anything. Yeah. Because GTA uh, Online is is just pays their bills. You know, they could they could not release another game for like the next five years and yeah. still be quite comfortable. I mean, EA's pretty much the same, right? They have quiet years. Um, I mean, they get FIFA out, the, the installment, but still, Ultimate Team is just a monster. Yeah. Ubisoft tried to kind of make one of those. I mean, the amount of like Battle Royales it's tried to launch and even cancelled um is is pretty ridiculous um so yeah they're in that they're in that they're under a bit of pressure right i mean i wouldn't be surprised um to see some of its games come in pretty hot yeah. in the next year i mean that's that's what i was told as well pretty much every game at summer game fest the big games every kind of developer i spoke to off the record was like yeah this is coming in hot you know I- including um avatar which mm. I thought it looked pretty good, but I mean, that's what players are used to now. I think our post pandemic is, is everything launches with a shit ton of bugs, right? Oh yes. At the end, at the end of the day, once Skull and Bones comes out, that'll save the day. Yeah. As the, as, that is, that is like, yeah. As the number one, I mean, they've Skull got, they've got a, <laughs> I mean, obviously they've got an agreement with the, the allegedly they've got an agreement with, uh, like with, uh, Singapore, like with some sort of like tax breaks where mm. they have to bring that game out. Otherwise, it would be well canned. Yeah. yeah, like that would have been canned several times over. I genuinely um, think. I mean, they were, we were due to press were due to see it at Summer Game Fest, and then they pulled it at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And then they instead we just had like a pirate band. Yeah, they didn't they pull the sea shanty band. Yeah, Scott which, which they borrowed boys. from uh, Sea of Thieves. Got the blower quality. to rare and said, "You know that band you use." That was the best bit of the whole showcase. <laughs> me, me, Tom, and Chris were just sitting watching it, being like, "Is this is this really happening?" I, was, I mean, you always, as, as a journalist, you welcome these moments because they give you a chance to rest or finish yeah. the stories you're working on. It's like, yes, <laughs> uh, give, give, give us a 20 minute sea shanty. More please. musical interludes. <laughs> exactly. yeah, get Just Dance out here. Is yeah. Just Dance still kicking a ball? Yeah. I, got, I got a lot of time for that. I got a lot of time that they still do Just Dance. Yeah. And yes. also, they deserve kudos, Ubisoft. They get a lot of shit because it's easy, it's easy to shit on them. But. They do, they, well, they used to, until now, try a lot of original IP. Mm-hmm. And also, they were the only company who did a, a proper live um, showcase uh, during mm-hmm. Summer Game Fest. Yeah, that's All true. the other ones were, 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 were canned, you know, pre-recorded, including the Xbox One, which, which looked especially cowardly, considering <laughs> they actually held a, had a pissing, like a, a um, theatre, yeah. where everyone sat in and watched the recording. And all the people were there, Phil Spencer, Sarah Bonner, they came out, hi, hi, everyone, here's a recording. You know, I'm sure they've got a million, like, excuses why that's the, the, the fact, and, and many of them will be valid. Um, but I'm going to applaud Ubisoft for doing it live, like the old days, and putting themselves up to some real scrutiny uh, in terms of crowd reaction and stuff. I mean, you can't take the piss you know, uh, when announcements flop, if it's pre-recorded. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, that's half the fun. Speaking of Ubisoft, Ubisoft says it won't delete inactive accounts that have purchased games. Um, this is clarifying a statement made by its support Twitter account over the weekend. A user claimed to have received an email from Ubisoft warning that if they did not click a link to keep their account active, the account, including all purchased games, would be closed and made inaccessible. Um, Ubisoft support Twitter seemed to confirm this, uh, writing... Quote, we just wanted to chime in that you can avoid account closure by logging into your account within 30 days and selecting cancel account closure, link contained within the email. Um, in a statement to Joe Shockers, Ubisoft has now clarified the matter, saying that while it does indeed legally have to close inactive accounts, this doesn't apply to accounts that have purchases tied to them. Um, this created quite a binfire over the weekend. Chris, when you first heard this, what was your reaction? It was like, huh? 
and then I re- <laughs> yeah. and, and then I read it, and then I was more filled in. Um, it, it's 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 yeah, I, I can understand how initially people were quite concerned about it, but it also is um, an, another case of Twitter kind of did get jumping in with both feet um, on on a story. It's like um, it, it certainly Ubisoft didn't help matters because the, their support team on Twitter did certainly seem to. Nobody came out and said, "Oh, by the way, this isn't the case." They, they actually just said, "Oh, yeah, actually, it'd be sort of to, blundering the messaging." Yeah, exactly. In a first, um, yeah. I mean, this isn't a story if Ubisoft don't respond to this guy and go like yep yeah hold on to your video games yeah they, so that was a bit a bit weird but um in hindsight yeah essentially if you've the, the only people who should be worrying are people who uh, it's not even a worry the, the only people who this will affect is people who last generation were console players and signed up for a you a, was it you player whatever it oh, used yeah, to be get called your Uplay Ubisoft account, yeah where you had to sign up for a ubisoft account to get um, special achievements that would unlock new outfits and stuff. Um, those people never purchased any PC games because they were console only. So if they haven't signed in for like four or five years or whatever it is Ubisoft said, then those are the accounts that will be closed. If you bought a PC game through Ubisoft like five years ago and haven't touched your account since, it will still be there essentially because once there's a purchase um, tied to it, um, it's kind of locked in forever but of course like Andy says this would have been um, saved a lot of hassle if Ubisoft had just clarified that at the start instead of kind of seemingly egging it on accidentally yeah. it's, it's in the same school of thought as, as when uh, the Bethesda support was like yeah there's no discs for Starfield then everyone goes absolutely spare and then they clarify and like yeah that, that, that is in fact discs <laughs> it's it, it was a weird one because, I mean, I, as someone that has reviewed Ubisoft games for years and years and years, there are few people on Earth that have more Uplay points than me. So every year I go in and I, I unlock Ezio's costume for the new Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> and that's basically it. That's it's all like, it's there for. <laughs> yeah, it's like, do you want to download wallpapers? I bet when Skull and Bones comes out, I, I have every ship in the game day one. Although, to but, be fair, I did use it to unlock new costumes for my avatar in Wheel of Fortune. Nice, so, so, so there's nice. that, at least. Um, but yeah, this this was a bit of a strange one. But I'm glad Ubisoft just came out and was like, I mean, we're all, we're obviously not going to delete accounts that have purchases. Um, Steam also has a provision in its uh, terms that's like, if you if you're inactive for a certain period of time and you've purchased something, they might put your account in like a kind of stasis state and change your name and hide it and stuff. But if you log in back Ubisoft in, Ubisoft Jail, yeah, and 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 the Ubisoft Girl. Um, I mean, it is but, it is all to do with the GDPR law, which basically says you can't hold information on someone for a long period of time mm. if they're deemed inactive. And so, obviously, once you buy a game. Um, uh, presumably terms with that it like kind of suggests that oh I'm, I'm now active for as long as I own that game so that that kind of that gets around that but yeah certainly anyone else who signed up for an account and then just didn't use it again kind of legally they have to wipe it after a period of time because just for for um, in, in case there's ever a leak or, or or anything like that I would imagine I would imagine that's the reason yes but everyone calm down. Story number three, it looks like Insomniac is working on a third game alongside Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine. That's according to a live stream held by the Full Sail University, home of NXT, Chris, you'll remember that, Mm, last September, Uh, which is now... And also tough enough. And also tough enough, exactly, (laughs) lest we forget, God rest it. God rest it. Now being circulated on social media, in the stream, project director Erin... Eberhardt claimed that uh, they were helming an unannounced project at the studio. Uh, quote, this is actually my first AAA game project now. I'm the project director here on an unannounced project. Do we think this is Ratchet and Clank, Andy? Well, yeah. I mean, you'd be mad if you think they're not working on a Ratchet and Clank game, right? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've not looked back at their their historic output, but they must do a Ratchet and Clank every couple of years, right? It's every three-ish. So, yeah. So that would be my guess. Um, although I'm not, I'm not completely convinced by this story, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm not convinced that I don't know. I know she. I'm, I look stupid in the in the face of the quotes because she literally <laughs> says she's working on a triple A game project. So yeah, it is what it is. But still, like, I mean, like her background is um, on. She works on Blizzard Esports Initiative. Um, she works on PlayStation Now. Um, so I, I don't know, like, I don't, is this a, a big full game or is this like something else that they're building? I don't, I don't know, but I, let's, I'll take her, her words at face value. Then yes, I would assume that it is Ratchet and Clank, right? Because um, 
Marvel now pay the bills, but that's a big IP that probably portfolio wise ticks a big, big um, box yeah. for Sony in terms of like family content. There's not a lot of other of their first party studios kind of doing that sort of game. They're busy doing the AAA stabbing games. Hell yeah. Um, so that would be my guess. Yes. Could, could it be another Sunset Overdrive now that Sony owns no. it? No, no chance. I think I think they will put that first game out on PlayStation, and if it does like exceedingly well, and not just with the absolute psychopaths that pretend it was like some amazing revolutionary thing, they'll maybe start up again. But I mean, the, the creative the creative director's there. Yeah. He's back. He's rejoined from from Xbox, but he's working. I believe he's working on um, Spider Man. Yeah. So if you look at their output the past couple of years, it was 2018 was the first Spider Man, and then 2020 they had Miles Morales. 2021 Rift Apart this year we're getting spider-man you presume wolverines next year late next year maybe 2025 then a year after that another ratchet kind of falls into the into the cycle maybe just in time for the playstation 5 pro that we're all absolutely buzzing about um the 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 thing is ratchet's obviously a big a big franchise for sony big enough that they decided to make a film about it that film was like not great and didn't do terribly well but Outside of Ratchet, does Sony have any like family-friendly IP that they can put on a trailer? Astrobot? Hmm. Astrobot. Well, y- well, yeah. Uh, that's it. Buzz. Yeah. Bring buzz. back Buzz. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring back Buzz. That's Bring back Buzz with mobile saying. controllers. Job done. Genuinely, that is a good. That would be a good idea. But um, they had what? Singstar. Singstar. Does Singstar still pick I, a bomb? I toy. No, it's, it's not. Singstar's not. It's not. Hasn't been a thing for a decade. But no. Singstar used to be absolutely massive. Singstar yeah, But again, those were the games that were made, um, you know, by the territories outside of America, which they decided to put in the bin. Yeah, well deserved. God bless America. <laughs> Speaking of PlayStation and PlayStation's misguided uh, current plans, Project Q runs Android, and there's pictures of it out in the wild. Project um, Poo. <laughs> there lovely, we go. Lovely. In the podcast. Wordplay. Uh, <laughs> I would say you don't get QI-esque rhetoric on this podcast. <laughs> the images appear to confirm that the machine will be Android-based. These popped up on Imgur, where a guy with some very clumsy fingers was seemingly trying to dig his nails into the screen to see what was underneath it. Um, the, the one thing that's came out of this is people have been like, oh, well, we can just put weird shit on it. Chris... As a man who spends daft money on stuff he doesn't need, where is your hype level for the Project Q? Are you right up the top? It's here? like if 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 you were to dig a hole under <laughs> this floor and dig down for at least twenty feet, you would find the hype level nestled yeah. underneath an old uh, uh, disused water well. Um, it's I, I don't understand. I don't under I don't get it. it it's doing what mobile phones do. You yeah. can already stream PlayStation games on your phone. Why do you oh, need this? Can you, I don't think you can stream PS5 games, right? But can you not? I, but, I don't, don't know. I, I, that, I, to be honest, I, I, I thought that was, that was the whole thing, is that you can't, you can stream PS4 games, but I don't think you can stream I, I, PS5 I would need, games. I would need to look into the details, but either way... Uh, again, again, don't care. <laughs> but I think that is the, um, but all, but, I think that's the hook. But yeah, also you, the you fact... Can, you, can, you can, in fact, stream it to your phones. But also... also the can f- you? Yeah. yeah. I still don't think that's right. I'm currently looking at a, a thing that says how to set up PlayStation 5 games with remote play. Regardless of whether... Does it, is, it, is it one of those SEO articles that says, you can't? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's from PC Mag. Now, that's what I go for. Oh, my, the, my, official, my, the official Sony site. <laughs> yeah, that's what I go for my PlayStation information. But <laughs> apparently, it, there's, a, there's a Donnie here playing a PlayStation 5 game on a mobile phone. That's, Regardless that's of whether you can play PlayStation 5 games on your mobile or not, and I'm leaning towards yes. I think you're talking about... Um, hold on, the, I'm interrupting here. It's remote play, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The, this, this tablet is right. only remote play only. So. Right, okay, so we're both right. What I mean, you can't stream PS5 games from the cloud. You can stream no. PS5 games from your PS5. Which makes, yeah, which which makes is it, what this is. Which right. makes it even more pointless, because you already need a PS5 for it. It needs to be on. So if you're in, like, let's say we go to Japan again, and I want to play PS5 games on my Project Fucking Q. Fucking well. I, I want to play PS5 games on my Project Q. I need mm-hmm. to phone home to the wife and say, going to turn the PlayStation 5 on so that, so, so that I can do this. Talking um, your child through how to set up remote play on your PS5. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it at all. Um, but hey. I, but I, I think the, the bottom line is, is that, these peripherals are incredibly profitable for, for PlayStation, for yeah. Sony. 
Like they make a ton of money from controllers and uh, headsets and stuff like that. The console itself is not profitable, right? And this is the, this is not just Sony. This is how the business works. They make their money through the guys who buy PSIs and Xbox Series Xs from buying games and peripherals, and the peripherals are are very profitable. So it's it's a box ticks, right? It's why they've got a two hundred quid. But, you know, pro controller and things like that that we didn't really need either. But I don't understand um, why if it's got Android, if it's Android based, I don't understand why they don't just go the whole hog and say, "Hey, this is an Android tablet with uh, with a DualSense controller attached to the side of it, so you can play Android games and also stream PlayStation Five. Maybe games they will, like you can on any other device. Maybe they will. That that has to be the, that has to be the angle. Otherwise, it's dead in the water. I genuinely it, think it, there's a part of them that are trying to trick people into thinking it's like a dedicated handheld. Because the amount of people that are, are shocked that you're not going, this isn't like a Switch equivalent where you're going to be downloading games on this thing, and it's just like a shell. Essentially, if, if they come out and do an Xperia Play where they basically say this is this is a, a, a gaming Android tablet which also streams PS5 games through remote play. Fine. Imagine if it's actually a phone and it's like the new Engage where you're holding you're holding Side like a, you're yeah. holding a, a half a foot long DualSense <laughs> controller to your, to your head. head. <laughs> And it's coming through the Wii speaker and the controller. Yeah. We, we should we should do a video on that. Just go on the tube with the with the Project Q and pretend it's a new phone. Oh, no, trigger happy. <laughs> Bring it back. The nostalgia's huge. Nineties nostalgia's huge. Um, this is a, a really weird thing that I'm looking forward to to messing about with. Like I am a man that has the PlayStation Vita TV. I've got one that. The, to be fair, that that's good. <laughs> one of the most. That's, that is a deep cut. Yeah, but that that one has a use. That that does something different. That lets you play Vita and PSP games on your Some TV. Some Vita and PSP games. What, what, it doesn't let you play any Vita games yeah. that required the touchpad, which was all, like a all, massive part all of the those system. Hits. Yeah, like, I'm never, I'm like, never, I never, don't never, I'm a big fan of these like late stage peripherals that let you play stuff without the whole fucking benefit of playing them in the first place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hated that. Like, didn't Nintendo do stuff like that as well? Like, like 2DS and stuff like that? Yeah. yeah. You know? I, hate, I hate the touchpad on the Vita anyway. I had a back touchpad as well. Yeah, that, that was worse because FIFA, yeah, on, the, FIFA on the Vita had that on it by default. So whenever you rested your fingers on the back of the Vita, you would take a shot in FIFA without, <laughs> without even meaning it. And that was like, yeah, yeah never mind. God bless the Vita. Bring it back. I want uh, them to put a, a Vita let with, let with like... No, don't let it rot. Come on, <laughs> not the poor Vita with the OLED screen. It's a lovely machine. But honestly, at this point, I have the Steam Deck sitting here, which I put Ratchet on last night. I'm looking forward to playing that. And I had the Rogue Ally for a wee while. And enough, I've got enough shite to annoy me and, and fill my time. I do not need the Project Q. Um, won't stop me buying one though for seven hundred dollars or however much it ends up being. Next story. This is a fun one that popped up. Activision is suing a TikTok user after he threatened to sue them for using his audio. According to the company's lawsuit, TikTok user Anthony Fantano, stop. There's some missing context here, Chris. Okay. That I, I only care about because I'm a, a nerd. Anthony Fantano runs the Needle Drop YouTube channel. He's like a big music reviewer. He's got like a couple of million subscribers. Okay. And he is a Jordan Adler lookalike. We've got the same glasses, same same facial hair, oh, well. same baldy head. Well, in that case. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm also suing Activision coincidentally but it's, it's in a separate matter um, he contacted Activision in June threatening to sue them for using the audio from one of his TikTok videos in a, uh, in, in a video for Crash Bandicoot which served as an ad anyone that's on TikTok's probably seen this or heard this audio it, it goes like uh, a fresh pie, cut me a slice that's enough slices, screams that's enough slices and it can be applied to anything really so Activision used it for a Crash Bandicoot thing and Mr. Fantano Mr. Baldy Man is saying you didn't pay me for this you're using it for advertisement and Activision are going well the TikTok terms of service is 500 pages long and says we can do what we want essentially so we are suing you to stop you suing us Chris what yes. did you make of that? You, the TikTok superstar Chris Scullion, what did you make of this? <laughs> I, 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 I know how I do not know how to tick nor talk um, mm -hmm. But the the it's a weird one because I'm I'm not it's obviously dangerous ground anytime you try to defend a big company because you oh, go ahead allegations <laughs> accusations of bootlicking and the like um, but it, it certainly doesn't seem like this guy has much of a leg to stand on um, by all accounts Activision if if their lawsuit is accurate um, they're saying that they got the sound from a TikTok library that TikTok had already approved as being free to use and that when you sign up to TikTok you're 
you're you're basically giving away all your content and saying anyone else can repurpose it. Indeed, that's the whole half the point of TikTok is people doing these duet videos where they take an existing TikTok and slap their own face next to it. And that's like kind of half half the point. Um, it, it, it's it feels a bit like this guy's just trying to get some money out of Activision and, and kind of being a bit opportunistic here and hey why wouldn't you but um it should also be clarified that the, although the headline is accurate that activision is suing the guy they're not looking for damages and they're not like trying to take him put him in jail or anything like that. All, all, what they're looking for is what's called a declaratory judgment which basically means they just want the court to come out and say yeah you didn't do anything wrong so that this guy can't then sue them so so they're not like saying we're going to take everything you own. They're just they're basically suing to block him, basically from from suing them. So um, this is one of those rare situations where I'm back in the company rather than than the person. I think back in Activision again. I know. Yeah, always back in Activision. You always shout at me when I don't give Call of Duty five stars. Famously, um, every single time. <laughs> the the so uh, behind the curtain when we became verified on tiktok my life got significantly harder because once you're verified you can't just use any song you want or any sound or anything like that because it has to be cleared for commercial use so Mm. if you go on a a popular tiktok someone's doing some stupid dance to karma by taylor swift featuring ice spice it'll come up and you can click on it and it'll say this uh, sound is not used for commercial use, uh, approved for commercial use. You're a verified account. Look at our terrible sound library. It's and if, if if this is part of that, then he's clearly signed an agreement with TikTok. And, and somewhere in there was probably clearance for something like that. Is that why every single time I see a video of a Marine or someone coming home to their family, every single one uses the song, I'm coming home, I'm Likely. coming home. Because that's <laughs> yeah. the only fucking one that's cleared. Uh-huh. Oh, if, if they're not verified, if you're not verified, you can use whatever the fuck you want. These are the so ones. It's big, always these ones always end up with millions of views, don't they? So they're like yeah. the verified ones, pricks. So although that, that, th- I, I thank them for their service, though, of course. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for your service. Going swimming or whatever a marine does. Um, the there is a lot of big TikTok accounts that are verified that can use licensed material because they've got like a a secret higher tier of verification. Mm. So. We'll be there any minute now when I start posting Chris Gullion um, fan content. But yeah, this is, this is a this is a strange one. When we come back, I'm going to grill these two gaijin about their hooring and touring across Japan. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And we are back. Uh, for those who didn't notice, the past couple of weeks of the podcast have been invaded by uh, non-VGCers because both Chris and Andy have been in Japan for Bit Summit, of which VGC was a very proud partner. Chris. Hello. Let's start from the start. You hate flying. Mm-hmm. How was the flight? Um, it wasn't as bad as previous flights I've had. I think because of the aforementioned, which we won't get into, uh, hassle <laughs> with BA, that, that kind of distracted me from it until I was actually... Because so was we, actually, were, we didn't know we were actually flying yeah, until so, five minutes before the plane yeah, so, like, so, closed. So the, kinda, the, the fear of I hate flying was quickly replaced by the fear of we might not actually end up in Japan after The this. fear of I've been sat on this plane for three hours and it hasn't taken yeah. off and I've not eaten and I've not drunk yeah, anything. And the fear of like, I took a train from Edinburgh to London and stayed in the hotel overnight for something that might not happen. Um, yeah. so, so when 
the, the plane took off, it was actually half fear and half relief. Uh, fear if uh, I believe they call it. Fear if, um, yeah. But then, yeah, so, so, <laughs> um, so that was okay. That actually kind of helped distract me a bit. Um, and on the way back, um, I was playing um, a Disney game, which we'll be talking about in a minute, and that kind of helped distract me as well. So it ultimately wasn't as bad as it has been in the past. I, I would welcome further flights of um, similarly sized aircraft. <laughs> similar flights of similarly sized aircraft. I don't want any be Indiana Jones ones with propellers in the front. Basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, um, Andy, what was the purpose of this trip outside of you just getting pissed every night? Well, there's a couple of um, Virtual Boy games I've not bought. Yet. <laughs> yeah, it still haven't gone by the prices. No, yeah. So I, I, some of them are like it's, it's stupid. Like, yeah. I thought, okay, like I'm not like a a collect game sort of guy. But there's only like 19 Virtual Boy games or something mm-hmm. in Japan. And when I, I bought a Virtual Boy when I was there with my family earlier this year, and I managed to find 10. Mm. So suddenly you're in the game, right? Oh, yeah, you're close. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get the other nine. So, yeah. uh, um, but actually, it turns out the other nine are the ones that released like in the last month, you know, and they only made like a thousand. And, mm. and I've got the, the easy ones. Um, I'm sure one of them that we found was about 500 quid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like for this for this game, I don't know what the game is. It's like virtual, you know, virtual, uh, you know, <laughs> curling or something. <laughs> virtual curling. Like, um, yeah, uh, so and that's with I the think, N and the Ben as well. I, I uh, think that particular dream might be dead. I would politely recommend to anyone listening who is thinking of starting their own Virtual Boy collection to buy the SNES Encyclopedia, which contains a Virtual Boy section at the back and highlights said expensive games and many inaccuracies. Well, the, the, I think you'll find it's it's without reproach. <laughs> um, so uh yeah no, no so we we i mean I, i've always wanted to go to bit summit i've never been to bit summit um you know the the i'm fairly familiar with the organizers a lot of kind of expat guys there um it's it always seems like a lot of fun i've spoken mm. to people who've been there it sounds like a lot of fun it's a you know that's that's kind of my bag and a lot of people's bag right it's an indie focused event um that's that's very like intimate not too massive um, lots of networking. You get to meet interesting people, which for a, a, a news journalist is fantastic, mm-hmm. right? Um, get to drink cans of um, overstrength Japanese cider next to a river and meet the guy who made like pixel junk Eden and things yeah. like that, right? Um, so no, it was it was it was good. It was good fun. Uh, I think we got some good coverage out of it as well. Um, uh, um, most of which has not gone up yet. Um, you know, we made the most of it. We, we kind of visited a whole bunch of studios. Um, you know, we went to see like Suda and Nagoshi and, uh, we spoke to Jupiter, the guys who make the, the, um, Picross games. Yeah. Went to Platinum. Um, Platinum games, of course. Um, I get to use Platinum's, Platinum's toilets, right? <laughs> like Platinum's in this massive building, this sky building in Osaka. And there's like another big skyscraper next to it. And their um their their urinals are just like next to a window. Nice. <laughs> Looking at the other building. Yeah. <laughs> Making eye contact, establishing yeah. dominance. <laughs> yeah. Probably someone in the other side in the Marriott having their breakfast, watching you piss. <laughs> um speaking of uh, interesting urinals, when I went to the Tower of London for that Final Fantasy event, um you you literally were pissing just watching all the, the rest of the the, the tourists uh, walk around and mm. then um on my way out I bumped into Yoshi P and all I could think to say was like hi and then I realised that isn't hi in Japanese yes yeah it is so That's, I basically just walked, walked yeah. past this man <laughs> yes. and went yes <laughs> and that, that was it. I said that to Andy when we were there it's like, it's, as a Scot it's actually quite useful because you just say hi to everyone and like you, you, it's one of the few phrases that actually translates without and I reply with hi 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 so what kind of size was Bit Summit? What what are we talking? Uh, is it like convention hall? Like, um, yeah, it was a uh, um, kind of smallish to medium convention hall. Um, it's very like the the guys who run it are very switched on as well. Like it's they it it was kind of made when like Tokyo Game Show is this huge thing, and uh, Kyoto's got this bustling indie scene, um, mostly because obviously like the the the, the roots kind of go back to the early. 90s when obviously that those bunch of brits were hired by nintendo to work on the star fox games and then they kind of a lot of them kind of never left they set up their own studios and then they bring over more expats and then so there's this big kind of like expat community in kyoto making indie games 
Um, and so the, the, they identified that Tokyo Game Show really wasn't for them. Like, you know, what's this for our, the games we're making when it's like Yakuza and Final Fantasy and Resident Evil and it's all about big bombast, you know, it's like an E3 style Gamescom show. They decided to make their own thing and, and they're very in tune with like why it was set up and what its roots are and they try not to um, to dilute that. Like it's still very, very intimate. They have on stage shows. They, they you know, make sure that studios of all sizes are allowed to be there and, um, you know, kind of stuff like, you know, the Patapon spiritual successor was announced there and, uh, uh, you know, kind of games of, of that nature. And the thing is on those kind of shows as well, like a lot of business gets done. If When it's like small and intimate and it's, you know, there's lots of networking and whatever, you know, there's people there you know, these indie games can get signed, right, by a publisher. Or you might meet someone and, and you know, kind of sign a deal. Um, so it's it's of that nature of show. It's very, very enjoyable if you're you're attending. Um, you might not have seen so much noise from it um, as a reader, um, but I was certainly uh, a big fan. And then hopefully we can kind of do a lot more with them in the future. I think Chris played more games than anyone. <laughs> that, that show. especially on the first day because the first day was kind of media only so um it was not that it ever got massively busy because like andy says it's a kind of smaller scale event which i i, I liked um but even though they did kind of announce like a, a, a record turnout this year um but <clears> the, <throat> certainly the first year eh, the first day sorry um was media only so you could kind of freely walk with, uh, around all the booths and although not every booth was set up on that day um, I think I, over, over the three days I played like 35, 40 games um, which was which was, which was nice and it, it's again like I, I'd, I've I'd, I've don't usually get the chance to attend many conven- uh, expos and stuff because usually I'm the one at the on the home front writing up the, the, the news stories from the from the live streams. But um, on the on the occasions where I do go to them, I, I do tend to kind of gravitate towards the smaller games because the, the, whenever there's big AAA games and stuff, those eventually kind of make their way to us anyway. Um, over time, like the, 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 even though they're showing off new stuff at these bigger events, um, those are the games we end up covering anyway. And, and at the end of the day, it's it's the smaller indie stuff that could potentially pass us by and that's where you can find the, the kind of hidden gems so the, the, it's sure like bit some it was like right up right up my alley because um, I, I loved it like of the 30-40 games I played I think two of them I didn't like and this because one of them was like in fully in Japanese and I was an idiot for even sitting down to play it and the second <laughs> one was like a card based thing and I just don't do card based so that both were my fault Any Mahjong? Uh, no, but there was a Shanghai uh, solitaire, which I, which I'm generally a, genuinely a fan of. So the Sunsoft booth had had um, a new Shanghai game, which which uh, uh, the Shanghai fanboy in me from the Game Boy days was was quite excited by. I beat mm. the I beat the kind of Shanghai game demo that was uh, on display there, and the and the people at the booth seemed extremely um, impressed and right. They were so. screaming. <laughs> exactly. Or they were just clapping like uh, Japanese wrestling fans do. They, they, they don't pop. They just politely. Clap. I was always tempted to shout Yata, <clears throat> like like Chun Li style, yeah. just to, to kind of get in, in in the mood. But I didn't. Um, in case it was offensive. Uh, the 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 day the the game of the show for me was a game called Unrestricted, mm-hmm. um, which is made by an Osaka based studio called Indie Us, and they're usually like a support studio. They worked on. Scarlet Nexus and, and stuff like that in the past but this is their kind of attempt to do their own thing and they'd done like a demo a few years back called Undefeated um, which is still free on Steam and the, people liked it but apparently it was a bit broken um, so this is their <laughs> attempt at a second one and it's, it's really good, it's like an open world, it's basically like if, if Dragon Ball was done, was made to look more realistic um, so it's like a realistic looking Unreal Engine 5 game where you fly about where you've just got stupid superpowers and you can carve holes in mountains and stuff like that. Um, I really enjoyed it. So, But th- it's like it's not going to be out for a long time. Like They gave me a card um, which said, I'm just trying to, it said release 2025 on the, nice. on the card and I looked at the guy and went, 2025? And he went, yes, maybe. <laughs> so, okay. so, 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 right. so that's not can happening at all um, so yeah if it ever comes out I think it could be good but yeah nice um, my next question Chris and do not mention the thing that uh, I asked for because it's currently a secret it's currently under oh, okay. embargo okay what, what plus, uh, plus I think I think it's illegal to, to uh, kind of transport sex toys across the country <laughs> anyway so I probably shouldn't even say what it was just no no mention of it because the person who's receiving it will be listening to this oh, podcast okay. very shortly so what did you buy for Japan 
Um, as well as your sex toys, obviously. Um, I, I took like a second case just in case, um, mm-hmm. and it ultimately pr- pr- and it proved to be necessary. Um, mainly it was like lots of gashapon shit and like secondhand oh, yeah. uh, toys and stuff. These um, book up secondhand stores do like loads of um, merch, like that that kind of is like dirt cheap because people um, bought them and then decided that their shelves were full and then brought them back in. Um, so I bought like a mainly stuff from there. Only really bought one game because I don't really do the game collecting thing anymore. So I bought like a really good quality Pilot Wings on the Super Famicom for like four. Took 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 Chris to Japan, right? <laughs> oh, Take him around Denden Town. Like yeah, well, like he, fucking uh, half, an hour, out, half an hour. Half an hour came out with closed. literally one game that he begrudgingly bought, and he's just like, "I'm not just that. I'm not that into it." This guy was quietly seething because I thought, and Andy thought that he'd bought a Famicom, uh, a Famicom robot, which has been kind of one of my holy grails. But um, Andy can decide whether to reveal the ending of that one. But oh yeah, it turned out it was like an, an expansion kit, Sans robot. Um, but but at the end of the day, it's like it was. Yeah, I, I felt it, it was it was it was an enjoyable trip. I actually probably bought more stuff at Super Nintendo World more than, than, mm. than anywhere else. What did you think of it? Were you impressed? I liked it. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm an easy I'm an easy customer anyway. A so, mark. Yeah, exactly. So I would I would have loved it. Anyway. The, 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 a mild tear in the eye. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed it. I, I didn't like the busyness and the queuing, but obviously, but as I understand it, America's even worse in terms of. Oh, the mate! If stuff. you went to the Hollywood one, you'd top yourself. It was the worst. Yeah. It was full of bloody. American, yeah, the, 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 Ameri- the American one. I mean, I've done. Well, I think I've been like three times now in six months. Um, the American one is is no way near as good as the Japanese one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very very down scaled. They don't control the access as well as the Japanese one. Like in the Japanese one, it's like we went through the door exactly nine a.m. when it worked, and you have to use the app to get an entry ticket, and we got half past twelve. Yeah, that's the the minute the park opened. Yeah. Uh, in 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 kind of like Hollywood, you can just like queue up and keep filling in. Yeah, and then it's like forty five minute queues for anything like a festival remotely interactive. Like there'll be a forty five minute queue to touch your band on a Goomba. Yeah. You know, but we did. It was like yeah. it was like a ninety minute queue to meet Mario and Luigi. When yeah, yeah, I, I feel for anyone whose first experience is the the Hollywood one. I mean, they're opening it in Florida, which I understand is going to be the proper big one. Mm. So I'd hold off for that if you're an an American. But we did pass the time waiting by ticking off one of my bucket lists by going to the Jurassic Park ride, which I've always wanted to to do because the the Universal Jurassic Park ride no longer exists. It's been replaced by Jurassic World ones, and I, I never got to do it. So I finally got to do it, albeit with with a, a kind of Japanese guy at the start telling you how to do it. Um, but no, that so that was a, a nice wee thing to tick off. Enjoyed that. Very nice, Andy. What did you buy? A load of shit. And we didn't we didn't get much chance to shop, to be honest. Um I mean, as Chris said, like we went in we went into like some place in Osaka like an hour before it shut. Um, you know, and I got some bits and bobs, but I've been like a million times now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just like buying stuff for the kids, to be honest. So I come home and they're like, What have you got me, Daddy? <laughs> so I had to um because I refused to buy it for them the last time. So my suitcase was 50% full of novelty Nintendo World hats. <laughs> um, a giant uh, cheap cheap, which is the fish. And you, you squeeze the handles and its wings flap. Nice. Um, and then I got like the, whatever the squid's called. You must know what the squid calls. From, from Mario, the blooper? Yeah. Or blooper. Blooper, okay. Blooper, whatever. Um, uh, yeah, so I got those for the kids and a shit ton of eggs and stuff. Um, yeah. Nothing, nothing particularly exciting. I mean, like we were at a studio every day or on a bullet train going somewhere else every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to be fair, yeah, we, uh, we didn't get a lot of chance to do it. Half my case was stuff for the kid and for the wife, like loads of Hello Kitty and Sailor Moon shit. So, um, yeah, what can I say? I'm a family guy now. Both. Yeah, you, you, you are, you are the family guy of VGC. Um, <laughs> Years of both let me down tremendously. Coming from the quagmire of VGC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, I didn't realise our our, fucking, our hotel in Kyoto was like the adjacent street to one of the red light districts. Oh yeah, um, you were in you were in fucking Shagan City. Yeah, you? without how, knowing how was it. That? So so like every night in Kyoto at the, at the river, everyone at kind of bit summit would go down drinking. One night, being the conscious and Chris would go to the red light. District. No, no, be, yes. be, being the conscientious worker, I said, oh, listen, Andy, I'm, I'm all up for hijinks, but one, I'm just going back for one work. of us. One of us pricks needs to put some words on a page. So I, I, 
uh, would go back and write my daily uh, bit summit coverage, which th- millions of people read. I, I can assure mm-hmm. you, um, and they still more people read my tweets from the st- river. still very much. <laughs> if you go on VGC uh, right now and search for bit summit, no spaces, you'll get um, all three days of my coverage, which is highly recommended. Um, regardless, as I was walking home one night, and it was quite late, and some woman. Uh, a Japanese woman came over as I was walking down the street and said, "What was her name?" Um, I didn't catch it. Uh, and mm, she said something like, "I didn't catch it because I didn't go." Um, <laughs> she she said, um, "Like my, I won't do that. I won't do the voice." But she said, uh, oh, ma- "Massage? Don't. Do you want a massage?" And I was like, "No." She's like three three thousand yen for massage. I was like, "That seems really cheap." Um, for 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 like a massage. <laughs> then I said, "Deal." <laughs> <laughs> so it goes two thousand. So I so I politely declined and went on. And then another woman asked me if I wanted a massage. And then another one. And I thought either either I look really tense, or or, 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 or we're in a dodgy area here. So as soon as I got, as soon as I got back to the hotel, I, I took a gamble and I googled sex areas in Kyoto, and mm-hmm. and got like the, the, apparently there's two major ones, and we were um, adjacent. We were on the street adjacent to one of them. So although we weren't right in amongst it. Uh, knees deep in it I suppose you could say we, uh-huh. we, we were getting some of the, the dregs that were, that were dripping out dripping out off the side of the street and landing on our street I suppose you could you could put it um, so yeah by all accounts the, the, the 3000 is a con to get you then to pay significantly more for um, a, a further subsequent massage centred on a, a specific area of the body mm-hmm. I hope you got like papped doing that looking like a disgraced geography I did nothing. I kept the head down very politely said no <laughs> because well, she'd already established that she spoke English, so she she must have understood no. Don't let anyone say that the VGC podcast isn't informative mm-hmm. about the various uh, sex areas of Japan. <laughs> Speaking of uh, sex areas, Chris, you've been playing Disney Illusion Island. How's that? <laughs> Speaking of sex areas, it's good. It's it's. I played it on the flight back. Um, which turned out not to be long enough because it was over in like five or six hours. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's fun. It's a Metroidvania, but with a kind of Mickey Mouse theme. Um, it's kind of slightly aimed towards slightly younger players. You can't actually damage enemies in it. Um, that's the kind of the gimmick that there's no. It's not a violent Metroidvania, um, and it's good. It, it's got like. Um, a relatively funny storyline, although some of the jokes fall a bit flat. Um, it's an interesting animation style. It's a bit like the new Mickey Mouse cartoons, which are on Disney Plus, and those are like genuinely hilarious. Whereas this is only a bit funny, uh, and and yeah, it's 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 pretty basic. It's, it's what you would expect from a Metroidvania. You start with limited skills, and over time, you earn like a a ground pound move and the ability to swim and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then, but. Then it, it, without wanting to spoil anything, it throws in loads of twists at the end, which just get really convoluted and kind of ruin the story at the end a bit. So by the end of mm. it, I was like, mm, I, I think I'm done with this. Um, so it's good, it's fine. It can be played in co-op for up to four players, and that's um, fun because there's actually like hug moves and stuff. So it's fun to play with your kid, um, and I think that's what it's mainly been aimed for. Because if a kid was to play this on their own, by the time they get to the end, the last couple of bosses are quite difficult. Um, so it, it, they might struggle at the end, but it, it's fine. It's it's a it's getting a three on the site, and it's one of those awkward ones where on aggregate sites that'll look like a sixty, which won't look very good. But on VGC, a three is like perfectly fine. It's like a uh, um, if if you've got the money for it and you fancy that kind of thing, you'll have a decent time with it. Um, so yeah, it's good. Sounds not bad. Um, I have been playing Hee-Haw Apart from it, I've been playing a bit of Bloodborne. Um, but apart from that, I'm in this glorious little period where I'm just playing nothing because there's just this dark cloud coming overhead, this dark Starfield-shaped cloud. I had a dream the other night that um, everyone started putting up Starfield reviews and Andy was like phoning me going, where's your fucking review? And I was like, mate, it's July. It's, 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 it's July. I don't even have the game. And then I woke up and for a few don't seconds, care. it was one of those dreams that for a few seconds after I woke up, I was like, what did I do? <laughs> then I looked at my phone. Good. It was like the twenty fifth of July. Then you looked to the side. You looked to the, your side, and Andy was there in bed. Said, "Where's the review?" And you realised you're still, <laughs> still in a dream. <laughs> Surrounded by monster cans. That's how I know that's a, that's how I know it's a big game. If I start stress dreaming about it, there's only a, there's only a couple of games a year that that happens to me. But when it dominates my thoughts that much, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a banger. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's been the extent of what I've been playing. Andy, do you play games? You've just been chilling. 
Um, I just reviewed Pikmin 4, didn't I? Mm. Oh, so you did. How was, that mm. feels like it was about six months ago at this point. How's yeah, Pikmin 4? Yeah, same to me. Yeah. Um, well, I guess everyone, everyone's been playing it for the last week now. Who wants it anyway? Um, uh, you know, like it's one of my favorite Nintendo series, but, um, God, it takes a while to get going that game. I mean, it's mm. very, very good, but I was, I've been playing that game for over 10 hours and I was ready to like, I, I didn't think it was very good. I mean, it's, it's a good game, but for the, the hardcore fans, I mean, it's very much propositioned as a, a perfect entry point because it's never sold uh, very well in context of Nintendo. Um, it's always been quite a demanding game in terms of, you know, Nintendo, Mario, Zelda, etc. I mean, it's a bloody top-down strategy game where monsters come and eat all of your cute characters. Um, so they, they stress to the point where they even gave us a presentation at a preview event. Like, this is a much less stressful game and we've looked at the previous ones and it's great entry point and blah, blah. And then you pick it up and it's like a lot of those changes are there and they're very, very good, very, very subtle. And you're pleased to see that it hasn't really compromised on those previous games. It's just made smart changes like the, um, to the controls and to the structure of the game. However, the first 10 to 15 hours of that game is the same game. Essentially you've played three times and considering the previous one came out 10 years ago, you know, and I was playing it and I'm like, I'm a bit, bit bored. Like, it's like, Oh, I've got the blue Pikmin and then he can go in the water and I'll get some more treasure. And you know, you're solving the same puzzles, fighting the same monsters. However, it's like a, it's a ruse, right? You know, after that point, the game, there's like, once you finish the game, there's like a whole, it's like, right now here's the proper game. And they add like tons more content, which are, oh, wow, there's actually new mechanics and new ideas. And it's a bit, bit more challenging. I mean, the game overall is not a challenging game because you can rewind it at any time, but that really saved the game for me. Like all of the, the kind of the latter content where it started to, you saw that they had really top loaded um, a lot of the, the kind of simple uh, accessible stuff. They, they kind of wall off a lot of the, the more challenging content. Um, and overall, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, it says a lot that, you know, I reviewed it oh, probably, what, a week ago now, isn't it? Uh, I guess over yeah. a week ago. <clears throat> and I'm still playing it, like going back to get all the, the kind of the last treasures and, you know, start help save the last kind of like crew members and stuff. It's, it's good fun, especially if you've not played one before. You should definitely give it a go. Nice. Well, you can check out that review on the site. You can check out Chris's upcoming review. Is that that's today? Is it Chris? Be well, today, as, as of yeah, by the time you listen to this, it should be up on the site. Good stuff. Um, coming up next week, top of my head, I don't think there's much. I want to play that Remnant too. A lot of people are talking about that. It's, it's, they're saying like it's the Dark Souls of shooters and I'll, that's everything you just said couldn't have been more generic. <laughs> like I switched off at the word Remnant. It's like go and search for Remnant and see how many games have got the word Remnant in it. Look, like they, the, why don't they call it like Remnant Chronicles? Yeah, Revelation. I know, I know that's literally our website name, but <laughs> I'm I'm going to be. T- they, they didn't have to get a .dot com for their uh, for their game name. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be this. This will appeal to to neither of you two, and, and hopefully at least oh, some people listening. But um, out today on Steam, there's a test for a game called Stampede Racing Royale, which is like mm-hmm. a 60 player kart and battle royale game. It's basically fall 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 guys meets. Um, Mario Kart, so I'm going to be kind of testing that over the weekend just to see um, if it's any good. So if anyone's on my Twitter, I'll probably stream a bit on Twitch or something just to see. It might be awful. It might be the the, the next Fall Guys, so we'll see. Nice. Well, um, I mean, there's a whole ton of um, financial results next week as well, by the way. I can't wait. Oh, I cannot including, wait. Include, so including, well, that's where the news comes from. I know, I know, I, I know. I was like, no, that's fine. No. You review your Mickey Mouse game, I'll cover the financial results. <laughs> Um, uh, Nintendo, including Nintendo, and I, uh, as a note, like I am ticking down the time until they start saying something about this next console. Yeah. I'm still fully expecting it this year. It's going to come ahead of one of these financial results. This one might come soon. It probably too soon. It might be the one, the next one after this, which I'm guessing is maybe like September-ish. Mm. But I'm fully expecting them to say something. I don't mean like here's a console. I mean like we are working on a console. It's yeah. called Project Switch Two. Mm. I, hope, I hope they address the debate over whether Splatoon uh, focuses heavier on girls than boys. <laughs> yeah, because I, I feel, I feel that wasn't properly answered last time. 
can we crowdfund enough money to be the people who ask one of these ridiculous questions I i'll do it i will yeah. fly over and i will sit in and i'll ask whatever question you Any want excuse to go back to japan when is f-zero coming out can you put the old pokemon games on the switch what is wrong with you how many polygons Speaking about Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons on Switch today. I saw that. Um, I good saw games. That. Play Ages first. No thanks. Same. If you're going to play Why would you better. play both? No, but, but you, you know, when you play one, you then get a password that links to the second one. Um, so you might play them one, one, then the other, and the, the, the both join together and make a big story. If you play Ages first, the, the Seasons boss, the final boss is harder, so you'll, have, you'll be more powerful for it, basically. Well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast in 2004. Um, 2001, mate. Come on. Sorry, I was six years old. Sorry, I didn't realise what what year it was. Part-timer. Only one thing I remember about 2001, and it was a tragedy. You can send your questions, comments, and concerns to podcast.videogameschronicle.com. Thanks for listening to this show. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jordan Midler, Andy at Andy Platonic, Chris on at Scully 1888 sorry, on X. You can uh, get my... Uh, I'm going to start putting my payment details on there. Um, thank you to the great Grant Cartcope for the VGC podcast theme song. We'll be back next week. Say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. Say goodbye, Andy. Bye. If you're out and about at the Glasgow-based uh, Pokemon pre-releases this weekend, you might see me. If you want a square to go, I am more than obliging, and we'll see you next week. VGC, a video games podcast, is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.